The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Hi and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, a weekly show about all things Port Adelaide. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining me, as always, we've got co-host Fishing Rico4. How are you, mate? How <laughs> <laughs> oh, you going, Macca? Yeah, good, mate. Wait, wait, Sorry, you wake me up. I fell, I fell asleep from the GDWS game and haven't woken up since. <laughs> good call. Good call. <laughs> and uh, for his first time on the podcast this evening, we've got a new member to our Big Footy family. He's named after a Port Adelaide legend. We're speaking with Harold Oliver. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Pleasure to be here. Good work. How are you going, Harold? Good to have you on, mate. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me, guys. Oh, it's great to have you on. Um, as we do with all the newbies on the podcast, let's find out about your port-supporting background, mate. How did you become a port fan? Look, when I was about six, a Sturt-supporting schoolmate of with Aussie Rules, you know, was showing me his football card collection. How exciting. But, you know, that his enthusiasm rubbed off on me, and I went home and said to Dad, look, I'd like Sturt. And... He told me in no uncertain terms that we're a Port Adelaide supporting family. And if I didn't like that, I could pack my bags and leave there and then. So fortunately, I didn't take, uh, you know, try my luck out on the streets of Tea Tree Gully. And because of his guidance, I didn't end up bitter and twisted like David Pemberthy. <laughs> so Good call. When I uh, started playing school football, my father took me to my first game. We walked from my grandparents' house at Rosewater to Alberton and Apparently, I spent most of the game running around the scoreboard and eating pies. But what I do remember was a magnificent run and series of bounces down the wind, down the wing by um, Michael the Flash Graham. It was just like poetry in motion. Oh. I think I, you know, Michael love, Graham. Yeah, my love for the game was uh, born then. So you can tell how old I am. Uh, we'd, you know, watch every Port Reserves and League game home and away, and so supporting Port Adelaide Football Club was not just something I loved doing. It became a habit, so I'm still doing it now. Good work. Cool. Now, what's your favourite match? Look, it's, uh, it's hard for me because there's two that really I particularly love. You know, firstly, the 77 grand final. You know, we broke the Port Adelaide Premiership drought. You know, I think it was a 12-year drought or something like that. And it was the first winning grand final I ever witnessed. I was there the year before where people stream, you know, were on the actual boundary line sitting down watching the game. And we were the best team all year that year, but we didn't perform in the most yep. important game. And 77 was such a brave, you know, victory, you know, epitomised by people like Randall Gerlach, who, you know, had to retire after that with kidney problems. And I think he's still got health issues now. You know, Eckerman was kicked three goals on one leg because Kinnear and Kale were lost to us early in the game. And Tim Evans was, you know, he kicked seven goals after being floored by Fred Phyllis in the goal square before the start of the game. And for my family, the win was even sweeter because the Phyllises are distant relatives of my mother's and we never liked them. And as my mother <laughs> says, they were dirty players and worse still, they play for Glenelg. Yeah, that's never good. That's never, never good. And the other game... Yeah, the other game, sorry, is the 2004 Premiership, and we all know what happened then, and it was a privilege to be there on that momentous occasion. Absolutely. And your favourite player? Look, that's like choosing between your children, this question, isn't it? But my favourite of my favourites has to be Gavin Wanganine. Nice. The, fa- the fact that he's a Premiership player for the Maggies and the Power, and you know he left Essendon and to come and play with us, 
you know, shows his love for the club, just like, you know, we love our club. And I'm hoping, though, that Tex Wanganeen will be my favourite player in a few years' time. Now, how are you finding Big Footy? Because you were one of the uh, refugees, as someone uh, put it, <laughs> uh, from, uh, from TPFP. How are you finding your new home? Yeah, fortunately, you didn't turn the boats back, so I'm, <laughs> I'm enjoying the new home, actually, I'm very much so. Sometimes I think I'm on it a bit too long. Uh, um, it took me a while to get used to it, you know, because there's so many other threads, so many other forums, etc. you know, all the other club stuff I can find myself getting stuck on, you know, sometimes even Bay 13 or even the Adelaide site, especially after yep. a big loss like they had last week. So, mm, But it's, it's great. Reading. Yeah, and I love the people on it. You know, most of you guys are just fantastic. Oh, it's lovely. <laughs> That's the way. Well, look, let's go into our uh, love and hate, which is one thing we loved, one thing we hated in and around Port Adelaide this week. Uh, Rick, buddy, let's start with you, mate. Uh, well, I love the fact that we won, Macca. Um, you know, in the past, it would have been a game after an epic win where... Um, as a club, we might have basked a little bit too much in our glory and, and then dropped the four points uh, that we should have got and we would have all been sitting on the forums complaining how we let that one go. So, I mean, we grounded out after an epic game against Geelong, a high-profile game where there was utopia with the crowd and the players. So we came away with the four points, so I was pretty happy with that. Very good. And your hate? Well... As you could tell, my hate, and I think I'm not alone here, I think a few other people have agreed, um, let's get rid of the Monica Oval uh, debacle. <laughs> it is, I mean, the weather is shocking, even for winter or coming winter, I mean, six degrees, and uh, it's just deplorable, and, you know, the, it was just, there was no crowd there, it was just, and it was just so underwhelming, it you know, I mean, I think of, um, you know, if that game was in Alice, and I know I post a mentioned that on one of the boards. Um, you know, I mean, at least you would have had a footballing following crew there of supporters that, you know, at least would have given it something, a bit of a drive in the game. But, um, you know, there was just nothing. And, uh, you know, I was wondering why we didn't have a running game and then I realised our players were all frozen on the ground. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they couldn't actually move. So... Yeah, it just it just left me very underwhelmed as a game, and uh, and I'm still underwhelmed now. Do we need Canberra, really? No, I don't think so. Nah. No, I mean well, it was a bit a... like watching a TFL game on ABC two with <laughs> you know, 250 people there or something. It was a bit ordinary. But well, Harold, how about your love and hate, mate? Uh, look, my love is uh, of the week is hardly original. It's what everyone's thinking. I think it's uh, off-season recruiting of you know those. Jets, Jared Pollock and Matt White. You know, everyone loves a blistering run. It's a great feature of our game, and uh, both Jared and Matt have electrifying pace. And I love it when they turn on the afterburners. And you know, the recruit of the year, as he's called, Jared Pollock's mm. skills and traffic are just so excellent. He's so clean and creative. And Matty hasn't put a foot wrong. And I can't remember him missing a target all year. And as my daughter would say, "What a ninja he is!" And I. I <laughs> I really love how both. He's a bit, yeah. Yeah, I really love how both boys are really relaxed, calm characters off the field as well, and they're passionate about our club, and they're so team focused. So they're just a great addition, and they enhance our, the closeness of our group. I reckon. Yep, great call. Absolutely, excellent call. Words of and wisdom there. Yeah, look, 
I, I know that Ford, Fairlane mentioned this on Big, on, uh, big Footy, but I was yelling at the football so loud uh, during the game that I'm surprised the neighbours didn't complain. You know, how hard is it really for a boundary umpire to throw the ball in a decent amount of meterage? I think there was at least three occasions when the field umpire had to make the boundary umpire re-throw the ball in, and they could have done it another ten times for, for sure. I mean, the only physical aspect to a boundary umpire's game besides running is to throw the ball in, and they couldn't do that. It was shocking. It was a joke. Nice. Well, my love for this week is Tommy Jonas, uh, because it's the third time in a row that he's stopped uh, the very, very dangerous Jeremy Cameron. Mm-hmm. We spoke about it in the preview that uh, that this was a a matchup that I would have loved to have seen, and it happened. Um, and what was fantastic was that he he actually forced Cameron to play in defence for a half just to get a kick. I mean, which mm. is just a, which is a bit bizarre um, how they moved him to a, I think centre half back. Um, so good on you, Tommy Jonas. That was a, a fantastic game. Yeah, he was oh, he was a great player. Mm. There's a lot of love for uh, Tommy, isn't there? A there lot is. of love. Yep. Without a doubt. And with you? fine reason as well. Indeed. What about your hate, Maka? My hate has got to be the morgue-like crowd at Clear yesterday. It was just lifeless. Uh, for such a huge game, first uh, SANFL, well, really it's like a, a quasi sort of AFL game there. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a number of years, I think it was something like 2004 or something was the last game played in Clare. Uh, some big names on both teams, you know, Tex Walker, Ben Rutten, uh, to, to a lesser extent maybe Johnny Butcher, uh, Andrew Moore. Um, and look, in all honesty, I've heard more cheering during the first half of SANFL Reserves games where there's like 40 people at the ground <laughs> than there was with, uh, with 5,000 people there. It was just ridiculous. Just everyone <laughs> sitting down, watching the game, you know, I reckon maybe 10% of people were actually clapping after goals. Um, I don't know why you'd bother having it there again, to be honest. The, the question is, though, is there, was there more cheering at a Crows game to the, uh, the Reserves <laughs> game? Well, well, look, there was a lot of Crows fans there. It would have been sort of 65 or 70% Crows fans, for sure. So, Did they walk out you know, for the final siren? <laughs> there was a number of them that walked out at three-quarter time, yes, which I found quite amusing. Oh, the, that uh, didn't The events of the day before. I reckon probably 500 people walked out at three-quarter time, minimum. Hmm, that's sad. say. Very sad. Mind you, it wasn't all Crows fans. There would, there would have been locals. There was certainly Port people that left at three-quarter time as well. But um, I don't know if they thought the the game as a contest would have been over. I'm not too sure. But yeah, mm. it wasn't, uh, wasn't great. We've got the power to win, power to roll. All right, well, let's go on to our review of the AFL game. We played Greater Western Sydney at uh, Marnica Oval. Thank you, Triby. Uh, it was Saturday afternoon, and we came away with a fairly lacklustre 35-point win. We won 20 goals 12, 132 to 15 goals 7, 97. Uh, Big Jay Schultz uh, continued his fantastic form in front of the sticks with six goals. Uh, Chatty Wingard, Jared Pollock, uh, Gus Monfries, and Matty White uh, all had three each. As we said, mate, uh, lacklustre effort. Uh, but we got the job done. A win's a win. We just seem to be in second and third gear, like you said in your review, Mac, of the whole game, and uh, and um, yeah, just never really broke out of it. It's so uninspiring. You could tell from the start we, you know, it was a little bit fumbly, and you thought, well, 
I mean, I know it's not very good conditions there, but we just didn't look switched on from the start. And as we said, we barely got out of second gear. We did what we needed to do um, for, for sort of 10-minute periods here or there where we, we piled on the goals and, and then sort of backed off again. Yeah, actually, at the beginning of the game, when Palmer was lining up for the you know the Giants' third goal, I thought, oh, God, it's a slow start syndrome had returned. But, mm. you know, then uh, Monfries, you know, kicked a couple and Schulze and... Then the, it was the Jared Pollock show, wasn't it, for a little while there? It was. It was good to see some of the uh, more unusual names stand up because we had a lot of our stars down. Uh, Boak, Ebert, uh, Westhoff, uh, Wingard for probably two and a half quarters, and uh, Lobie all didn't really have uh, very good games. Absolutely. Stewie, Stewie played a blinder in that first quarter, same with uh, Homchie. Mm. What about um, Robbie Gray, though, Macquarie? He's just... Um keeping on, keeping on, racking them up and influencing the game week in, week out, isn't he? Strength to strength, mate. Uh, just having a ripper season, another 30 disposals, a goal, uh, a couple of goal assists, um, and just doing it all. 14 contested possessions. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I just uh, saw your post on the uh, Player of the Year voting so far. He's way out in He's front. He's way out in front. Justifiably mm. so. Well, he deserves to be too, though, because yeah, he's been such yeah. a convi- convi- um consistent player for us this year hasn't he he's just every game I think his lowest game I reckon might be 22 disposals he's always uh, there and abouts and uh, racking up plenty of ball for us and but not only that getting the ball in a good way and influencing us again and I mean what 30 disposals 14 contested possessions seven clearances yeah. five center clearances yep. I mean that was that's the Robbie Gray that we were hoping for that would step up for the club, Definitely. you know, he seems to be free of the injury shackles now, and uh, you know, it's just it's it's great to see the hard work for him is um, is paying off, and you know, and now he's we're seeing the fruits of that hard work as well. And well done to the club for supporting him during the injury. Absolutely, too. I mean, you, you can make a very fair argument that he's been in our best three players every single game so far this year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens on Brownlow night uh, with the first sort of third of this year and see how many votes he gets. So what did you guys, I mean, all jokes aside about the, the slowness or the boys being frozen out there in the middle, but um, what did you think of the game style? I mean, I really thought, I don't know if it was an intentional ploy, but I thought we played a really stagnant game compared to a lot of our other games. And, and part of me, uh, you know, thought, well, maybe the coaching staff uh, uh, are trying to play a slower game style, keep the boys fresh for for following week and, uh, you know, whilst just doing enough. And I know they'd probably say that that would never be a consideration, but to me that's how it sort of came across. And if it is, I mean, it's probably a bit of smart player management as well, but we definitely seem to have a slower game plan. I think we did, except for the last quarter. I mean, wasn't it Russell Ebert Hamble mentioned, you know, that GWS had eight inside 50s in that last quarter and they scored six goals one. Yeah. So, you know, if we didn't have a defensive team structure at all, or if we did, it failed miserably in that last quarter. Yeah. So what about um, Lobie? Uh, did you, you know, I had him as the player I wanted to, to stand up. And, um, you know, obviously Mumford wasn't playing, so that was a big loss for for GWS, but uh, what did you guys think of his um, his game on the weekend? I think uh, Lobie likes the challenge, doesn't he? So, like, uh, up against Geelong, he really turned it on. Yeah. I think it was a little bit quieter uh, against GWS, and I thought Giles, you know, probably won that battle yeah. generally, but I'd have Lobie every day. 
of the week from what he can do. Yeah, I think uh, I think Giles um, Giles certainly had the better of that duel. I think you know he kicked a goal as well. Had uh, had twenty more hitouts than uh, than Lobes. Um, I don't know. He seems to struggle against uh, Old Joffa. <laughs> yeah, you think he knows his game too well, or something, Giles? Knows. What's the uh, what's the height of Giles? Is there remember how who threw out the stat earlier in the year about Lobie's performance against the taller rucks to the the shorter rucks? Maybe it was either yeah. Janus or Russell Ebert Handball that mentioned it. He's uh, two hundred and one centimeters. Yeah, so I think it wasn't a stat when it was over two hundred one or two hundred three. His output really uh, diminished. Yep. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, he does struggle. He I mean, struggles uh, against the monster <clears throat> ruckman a little bit. Um, so, what are you saying about next week then? Oh, well, in yeah, we'll, <laughs> nah, we'll be, we'll be nah, pushing it uphill. <laughs> nah, he'll he'll rise to the occasion. I think so. I've got faith in him. I don't, don't yeah. think he's, he's come up against Sanderland since he uh, since he's become sort of the first ruck. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes, especially considering Sanderland is is in pretty good form. Mm. So, do you guys think there was a bit of a play from the coaching staff to have maybe the experienced players, um, midfielders like Travis Bowe, Brad Ebert, Brad Ebert, sorry, uh, obviously Hamish Hartlett didn't play, um, but you know they sort of seem to have more cameo roles uh, this week than being fully influential in the game. I don't know. I mean, Bokey just was uh, was well tagged out of it, uh, except for about uh, fifteen minutes there. Toby Green did a fantastic job on him. Um, Ebert. Maybe he was suffering from that huge knock that he got in the first quarter. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I reckon that knock could have been a lot worse, though. Could have. I think he sensed Shaw coming, and I think Shaw might have sensed it too because there seemed to be a lot of uh, shoulder contact there because I tell you what, Shaw probably could have rubbed him out into uh, next year if he wanted to hit him front on. But, I mean, if he did that, Shaw probably would have got about 10 weeks as well because he was off the ground and flying. But, no. um, yeah. He could have killed him. Yep. So fortunately, you didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think the those players you mentioned—they just had down days, really. Yeah, they certainly didn't turn it on like they usually do. But you know, I suppose that opened the door for Polek and White and Gray to really shine. So yep. you'll take that. Now, just Justin yeah. Westhoff. Where do we see his game at at the moment? He, he had such a great start to the year in the first sort of three or four rounds, as he did last year as well. And, and as we know, last year, he's, uh, he's sort of round six through to about 12. He, he struggled to get into it. And it looks like the same thing's happened this year. Can we actually bundle two players together here? <laughs> Can we actually? No, well, I reckon, I reckon um, and I'm a harsh judge sometimes, but I reckon Chad Wingard's output's dropped off a little bit too. And, but I'm, I'm with you. I reckon Justin's dropped off a little bit. Chad Wingard's dropped off a little bit. Um, and someone made a, a very observant uh, post today saying um, Westhoff might have dropped off a little bit since Butcher's dropped, gone out of the side. Yep. Which is a fair fair observation. You know, maybe you know he's taken a bit more heat and structurally he's lost his uh, roaming ability because he um, because Butcher's not there. Yeah, he has had to play up forward a lot more, hasn't he? Yep. He hasn't gone back quite as much. Well, he didn't seem to against GWS. Well, as much as I suppose we dominated the game, we didn't need to. But no, it is a fair call. You're right, Rick. It is a good call. Yeah, they're, they're down on form. But, you know, mm. still you know, chiming in when we need them. Westy still did a few good things, you know, like that tap down to Matty White. Yep, that was fantastic. You know, by the uh, behind post. and You know, so they're well, still look, doing their their stuff. They're just not 
dominate like the superstars we know they can be. Well, look at Chad Wingard. I mean, 16 possessions and three goals, and we're saying he's down on input. Yeah, yeah for, for in just starting his third year. I mean, he's just a victim of the very, very high, um, um, what's the word? Standard. Level that he's their yeah, standard that he's uh, set himself, and and we know he will get there. I don't know if it's a little bit injury or, but to me, it's outside of injury. It to me just seems some of the games he seems a little bit disinterested at the moment. You know, I don't know if he's just sort of caught up in trying to drive himself just for the big game, so to speak, and is forgetting uh, to motivate himself for the for the lesser games. But yeah. uh, I mean, that's something that comes with immaturity, and you know, because and that's not as an insult. But he is such a young fella, yeah. um, you know, that hopefully uh, in a couple more years, you won't see that anymore. Yeah, be more consistent. But, I mean, as good as so bloody good. That's yeah. the thing, isn't it? I was just going to say, I didn't even know he was out there just about until he took that mark and kicked that goal in the second quarter. Yeah. I mean, he's still he's, kicking the he's goals. He's still kicking plenty of goals. It's just the quantity of ball that he's getting, uh, which is a little bit down on, on, uh, on his fantastic 2013. But... His goals are still up there, um, goal assists as well. So he, he's certainly doing the things that we want him to do. Uh, and it's just a little bit down. I think yeah, you're right. It's, it's just a it's little bit down statistically. disposals a game he's down. Yeah. So it's not, uh, yeah. it's not a huge worry. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see him get back to those sort of mid-20s games again. Yeah, well, he only had two possessions to half-time. Yeah. So... His output to half-time was, uh, you know, he basically had no influence on the game and, and obviously he turned it around in the uh, in the second half there. But, I mean, I think, I guess, he's probably a victim of the team doing so well as well and uh, having such a broad spectrum of people performing. Um, you know, we're not racking up 500 disposals a game, therefore everyone's sharing 25 disposals. You know, so I guess everyone's got their role. And that's going to vary from week to week. And so people's uh, stats are going to go up and down with it. Do we expect too much of Chad? Is that that a fair question? Because, look, he's only, what, 20 or 21. It's only his third season. He's probably copying a a significantly um, harsher tag than he ever was last year. Um, You know, everyone knows he's our most influential player. Everyone knows how damaging he can be. Um, But I, I think it's actually good because it's really opening up others like Robbie Gray and Ollie Wines and Polek to run forward and kick goals that um, that would have otherwise been left to Chad and uh, maybe Bokey last year. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I, I agree completely. And Matty White as well. And... Yep. Yep. I think Chad's probably his own harshest critic as well. I think he puts a lot of pressure on himself. So I've got the utmost faith that he's going to bounce back and we'll, probably next week we'll be saying what a genius he is. Hopefully, oh, and hopefully it's after he's kicked his sixth goal for us to beat Frio <laughs> by six as well. That yeah, that would be nice. Benny Newton. And I'll be over the moon. Benny Newton, how did we see his debut? Look, I'm, um, a, uh, I'm a big fan of Scooters, huge fan, especially, you know, I've seen a lot of his games at SNFL level over the past year or so. And look, it, I thought he was serviceable. He played it, as I think you put it out, Craig, uh, you know, Mackie, that he played a completely different role than what he would usually do at SNFL level, he didn't go in the middle that much. He's a clearance king, and so he wasn't doing that stuff. And I thought, you know, he, he could have easily kicked a goal, but he did the team thing and handled it off to, what was it, Wingard. Yep. So, you know, he could have easily have got a goal and had 15 possessions, and we would say, oh, yeah, that's pretty damn yep. good. Yeah, I, th- I think what we did see is he got some great hands, really lovely hands in close. He can really, you know, scythe through there. 
And what, what is, we didn't see is, is, you know, he can really kick a ball. Yeah. I was going to say, is, is this maybe the, the starting of the changing of the guard? I know, Mac, you're keen on Moore being a replacement for Cassisi at some stage, but, you know, is it with Cassisi, I know two games in his row, in a row, I thought his disposal was questionable. I can't, I can never, never question his work ethic as a player, but would the coaching staff maybe look at, you know, do we look at maybe dropping Cassisi out for a little bit and keeping Newton in the game? I would, personally, yep. I think, uh, I know it seems a bit cliche and everyone's saying, oh, Dom's in need of a rest, but I think he probably needs just a week or two off just to, to recharge his batteries and then come back into the side uh, a little bit cleaner and a bit more focused. I think he's lost a bit of focus the last couple of weeks and, you know, it, it's never good to see players uh, kick the ball out of bounds on the full under no pressure and Dom's done it about five times in the last two weeks, so... Um, maybe mm. he's in time for a break and, and, and if Newton takes his spot or if Moore or Mitchell comes in and takes his spot uh, for a couple of weeks, then, uh, then good on him. Yeah, our coaching staff seem to like to give a, a new player a few games in a row at least. So I think here's a chance, Benny, of staying in the team. Yeah. But it's, you know, we have got two pretty handy players that will be shoe-ins to come back in yep. next week. Definitely. So, you know, there's only 22 spots. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, they'll definitely be coming in, and I guess uh, we've got a few more days to reflect on uh, who we're, who's going to be in and out. I guess, but it um, yeah, it's a, a very interesting one. But yeah, to answer your question, I was happy with Newton for a first game. You know, he's not going to get 100% midfield time in the rotations there. So you know, 15 disposals, uh, good contested possessions, influence the tackles, blocking. You know, you can't really ask for too much more than that. I think we, um, I think we glossed over Pollock a little bit. We didn't really focus on his game too much, um, but I, uh, I thought Pollock was uh, outstanding with his influence in the game. And and Harold, you just briefly mentioned it before, where uh, at the end of the first quarter there, he really changed the momentum for us with those couple of quick goals and and really got the uh, the game moving in our direction and. Uh, you know, I think again, as we seem to say every uh, every week, you know, isn't it a godsend that he uh, he wanted to leave Brisbane and he's come to us because what he's added to our midfield rotations is just amazing. He's a jet, really, he's isn't he? You know, elite handball and I only say left foot kicking skills. You know, he he brings so many players, you know, his teammates into the game, and yeah, he was definitely our most consistent performer against GWS all game long and just that uh, second goal of his I mean they were all beauties but that second one when he just hit that pack at speed I know he fumbled a, a, a bit before he gathered the ball but that beautiful anti-dunstall uh, dribble goal was just fantastic that great speed yeah there's um, and what about the uh, I thought the defensive unit minus Bobby um, and Hartlett and then Jonas going down, we still um, we still did her up. Well, probably was a little bit of a godsend, really, because I was wondering, sort of pre-game, who's Carlisle going to go to? Because I thought we had a, a very good match-up for Trengove, we had a very good match-up for Jonas. Carlisle was sort of the odd one out there, and I think uh, even if he wasn't sick, I would have done a, a late change. They might have rucked Trengove a lot more, given Lobie a more of a break. Yep. If Alipati was yeah. there. 
But I, th- I thought uh, Jacko was pretty good, actually. Yeah. I, th- I thought he had a no post-podcast letdown. <laughs> no, that's right. No, he did. He, he played well. Uh, Patton didn't really do much. So, yeah, yeah, it was a good game. He's a nice kick, Patton. He is. Very nice kick Big for boy. Yeah. Well, Lee Colbert had Tringo third best on ground. Oh, same as me. Hmm. Oh, there you go. Oh, we're not, now we're spoiling the... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, man. Well, look, good segue into the best players. Uh, Harold, let's start with you, buddy. Who was your top five? Well, I think everyone thinks Pollock was best on ground. He really stood out. It was an outstanding game. And, you know, this is what I wanted from him, too. Three goals as well. And they're, you know, beautiful to watch. Lovely snaps, kicks on the run, dribble goals. No matter how he does it, it looks fantastic. Uh, you know, Robbie Gray, whether up four or in the middle, is such an asset to our team, so creative and elusive. And look, he's one of my all-time favourites, Robbie. When he's on, he's on. I mean, he's won a few showdowns for us, and I just love him. Uh, Trengove, he was like the sole tall general down back in Alipaddy's absence. And when he goes in the middle, I don't think we lose anything. He's just so competitive. So I really like him. He looks ungainly, but, you know, I don't think he's missed a target just about this year. No. So. Kudos to him. And look, Shulzy, look, six goals over a quarter of the team's total. That's a pretty good return from a key forward, especially when you consider he was playing under duress. I know he got some pretty easy goals, but he's still got six goals. And, you know, there was that game against Torrens where Butcher was, you know, apparently he was a bit sick before he played and the coaches made him play. And, you know, he really didn't do much and he could really take a leaf out of Shulzy's book. I know that, you know, Butcher's a young player, but Schulz, you know, despite being, you know, sick as a dog, still contributed in a huge way. And in fact, you know, easily in the best players for yep. me. And the other one, you know, Matty White, three goals from his electrifying runs. And I just love him. I really do. I love the Port Adelaide Matty White anyway. And I, I've got apologies for Stuart, Corns, Jonas and uh, Rick's boy, Pittard. There you go. I'll let you off this time, Harold. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rick. <laughs> Rick, what about you, mate? Top five. Yeah, top five. I just one thing we forgot to talk about very quickly is um, seventy-one inside fifties to to thirty-nine. So uh, I just want to quickly bring that up. I'm sorry, I'm distracting our uh, segment here, but mm-hmm. you know we pump the ball inside fifties and kick five goal threes every quarter, which That's is true. a bit unusual uh, for a scoreline. But I thought for a flat game, we still pumped out 20, to- 20 goals, 12. Uh, that's very impressive. And, you know, it's probably only uh, uh, us leaking uh, the, the 15 goals. Uh, that was a bit of a disappointment. We it probably should have been another 30 points to our margin. But I thought um, Jared Pollock uh, was best on ground for me. Um, you know, just his extra little bit of influence, I, I thought that made the difference. Uh, I had Robbie Gray second. And as we said earlier, he's just racking them up. Um, yeah, I've I've gone uh, Jackson for for third best on ground as well. Um, yeah, he's my favourite player. He's just a great player. You're I haven't kidding. jumped off. <laughs> no, I've got to make up for him for him last week. <laughs> he uh, no, nah, he he's a great. I do love Jackson. I mean, to be honest, I don't actually have a a favourite footy player. I, I just love everyone that that plays for Port and respect everyone that puts in for the club. And I just enjoy watching all of them play. But um, uh, you know, Jackson was uh, a good general, and he's just growing so well as a leader. 
Um, and then it's sort of, it's starting to become a bit put of a pull a rabbit out of the hat sort of thing, isn't it? Ollie Wines, 28 possessions, uh, backed up his game from a, a quite a week the week before, uh, put him at fourth, and uh, yeah, Matty White as well. I thought great game, great pickup. You know, he was a little bit quiet in the preseason, finding his role and not getting the possessions, but he's just really racking them up. And isn't it great watching Matt White for us? and Troy Chaplin for them. It, it just makes me feel so good. Oh, it is great. Fantastic karma. <laughs> but you mentioned, uh, you mentioned some strange stats there just a minute ago, Rick, where we kicked, uh, what was it, five goals three every quarter. You know, we kicked, we kicked mm. 20 goals 12 in the AFL. We also kicked 20 goals 12 in the SANFL. We won by 35 points oh, on the third of the fifth, and we won by 45 points on the fourth of the fifth. Get your head around that. I don't know if I can. (laughs) That's just bizarre. It is bizarre. Very bizarre. How long did it take you to work that out? I've got to thank Don Draper for that. That's uh, that's his handiwork. (laughs) 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 On you, Donnie. Uh, Now, top five for me, best on ground, had to be Polek. Just an absolute star. He can't put a foot wrong at the moment. 30 touches, three goals. He had nine inside 50s as well. He did it all. Very, very well-deserved best on ground effort. Um, as we know, there's been a lot of talk in the media about him being uh, the recruit of the year, and you've got to say at this point, there's no doubt about that. He's uh, he's really raised his game um, and really made it known why he was a, a top five draft pick in his draft year. Fantastic story. Um, talking about fantastic stories, Matty White, second best on ground. He's struggled for consistency for 10 years at Richmond. He comes here and just churns out fantastic performances week in, week out. Another three goals just so quick and, and has great judgment in where where to be on the footy field, um, not just at, at sort of stoppages, uh, but also in finding space as well. They, they just had no answer for his run. I had Tommy Jonas as third best. Uh, as I said, it's his third time running um, where he's killed Cameron. He beat him so heavily that he forced Cameron into defense. A fantastic game by TJ. Uh, Robbie Gray, fourth best, just a genuine superstar these days. Just somehow finds a way to improve every week. Um, heaps of the ball through the midfield and also playing that lead-up half-forward target. Um, he'd definitely be in the old Australian side right now if it was named uh, this week. Uh, in my opinion, he's the best small forward in the game. And uh, Schultze, six goals in a fine effort. He had a bit of a down first half, but uh, look, he kicked four goals in the last quarter and, and just a ripping game in the end. Yep. All good. Can't complain with any of that. And honourable no. mention to, uh, to Kane Corns, who I, I said really needed to do a job on Trelaw. And he really took him out of the game, I thought, as well. Okay, on to the SANFL review, where it was a, a bit of a mini showdown. Port played Adelaide at uh, Clare Oval yesterday. Crowd was listed at uh, over 5,000 people. There was probably about three and a half to 4,000 there for the main game itself. Uh, Port led from the start and, and uh, led all day. Uh, we won by 45 points, 20 goals, 12 to 13 goals, 9. Uh, we kicked the first four goals within seven minutes and weren't really headed from that point on. Um, Adelaide had a bit of a purple patch in the third quarter. Tex Walker got into it a bit, kicked three goals for the quarter. They closed within about 14 points, but Port steadied and, and kicked away again. Um, Harold, your thoughts, mate? What did you think of the game? Well, I liked it. I would have rather have been there, that's for sure. <laughs> I, th- I thought we're really developing some serious depth, both at 
AFL and SNFL level with Burn Jones, Newton, you know, Colhoun, Hitchcock and Stewart out, you know, so, and the boys that came in did a great job. But like I said, we were dominant, very efficient in the first quarter, and then it was a bit more even in the next two. And we didn't seem to take, you know, make the most of our opportunities that we had. And then in the last, I thought we took control. I thought we were by far the best team all day, and it was a good team effort, and it's always great to beat the Crows. Absolutely. Again, we, we were a little bit down on the uh, on the stats. Um, the Crows had more disposals. Um, they beat us in the hitouts and had more clearances as well, but we won the uh, won the inside 50s and obviously kicked more goals than them. That's what you have to do. Absolutely. <laughs> you guys are so smart. <laughs> Stop it! I told you I wasn't an expert. <laughs> look, our midfield was far too strong playing to the losing ruck. Um, look, the way we moved the ball from de- the defensive fifty into our forward line, it's just outstanding. And, and for me, you can really tell the impact that everyone playing together, everyone playing to the one ga- game plan, whether it's AFL or SANFL, um, you can see the impact that that's really having on the playing yeah. group because they just know where to go. They know what to do. Um, the defensive structures, even at SANFL level, are, are very, very good. Um, and they just find so much space and spread so well. Um, we just have so many midfield options at the moment. And they're just all getting heaps of the ball. Didn't Steve... Uh, it's Steve Summerton, isn't it? Summerton looked uh, yeah. a bloody class above, didn't he? He did, in that, yeah, I thought, in that um, game. Look, he's, he's always... He's been a, gr- a really good player for a long time. And I think yeah, he's a really fine captain. Yeah, he's so composed, he selects the right option, he doesn't miss the target, he can kick a goal, and I, he was just a perfect choice as captain. Yeah, I really love him. I think his last couple of years have probably been a little bit stagnant. Like he's, He got to a level and then he sort of dropped back a little bit and has, and, and has stayed there for a couple of years. We weren't but a very good team, were we? Yeah, well, that's right. And he's raised his game this year just to superstar level. He is a genuine superstar of the SANFL. He's probably leading the McGarry... Uh, by some margin at the moment. He had 28 touches. He had three marks a goal. He just worked so hard all over the field just to find little gaps, just to find himself and, and win the ball. And, and he's just such a great user of the ball. Yeah. Um, him and Gray, they look very similar in the type of players that they are. Yeah, very, very similar. Very similar. Yeah? Mm. No, yeah. Both... But, yeah, he stood out to me. And I thought, I thought Buddy uh, Slattery... Stood out for his best game for us so far too. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say though, uh, I agree with what you're saying, Macker, about uh, Samo being, you know, close to McGarry Medal favourite. But Mitchell's given him a run for his money, that's for sure. Definitely, as we've uh, as we've seen, he's been upgraded today to the senior list at AFL level, so he might uh, he might go and play against Frio. You never know. But you know, he was fantastic again. Thirty-one disposals, seven marks, six clearances. And a goal as well. He probably had two or three goal assists in there too. Um, I think he's really changed his game this year from what he was uh, last year at SANFL level where he seemed to be more of an outside player. This year he's just doing all the grunt work in the centre square. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, He's right at the drop of the ball every time. And he just, as we know, he's so fit. He just spreads wide, wins plenty of the ball on the outside and is able to deliver it well inside 50. He's, he's doing it all at the moment. Yeah, he's a running machine, isn't he? He's just yeah. killing it this year. Mm. He's been tagged and still racking up the numbers. So, yeah. yeah. I no love one's able to go with him at the moment. So what about the big uh, the big Butch? Always a topic of uh, 
conversation and, and controversy. I tuned yes. in at the right time because I thought he did a couple of good things in the in the last quarter, but he uh, he also sort of lacked a bit of influence earlier on in the game as well. Look, he kicked a goal in the first quarter. He kicked uh, one of our opening goals and then uh, basically didn't get a touch for about two quarters and then had a very good uh, last quarter. So it's just the same story where he just needs to find a way to get himself involved in the game for longer periods of time. Um, you know, he he was playing on Rutten, who's obviously yep. a very, very good, a very, exactly. very experienced player. Um, but he's just got to find a way to do more. You know, three kicks, you know, two marks, it's just not good enough. Mm. It's not, but at, at least he kicked accurately, and that makes a big difference, doesn't it? Because at least he's contributing is, yeah. when he does that. I think that. he's kicked something like 13 goals four over the last four weeks. So, you know, he's certainly kicking kicking straight, which is good. Now, he needs to do more, I agree, but... Uh, it was a lot more encouraging. When he kicks straight, it makes such a big difference. And, you know, he asked Tred Ray how hard it is to play on Rutten. I know Rutten's in his twilight years, but mm. he's a damn good backman. One-on-one, definitely. especially. Yeah, definitely. A uh, couple of players that I want to mention. Uh, first one's probably Nathan Cracker. It was his first game at SANFL level uh, for a few years. Obviously, he's come back um, this year after a couple of, uh, couple of years in the wilderness. I thought he was bloody fantastic playing in a back pocket, just so assured with the ball. And the thing that really impressed me was just how hard he attacked the ball as well. Yeah, he was ferocious. Mm. He looked a bit bigger too, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, he's probably put on about five or six kilos from what we would have remembered him um, Mm. around 2010. Yeah, Mm. so I think he could get fitter, but I like that size about him. Mm. And he, he had a real influence on the game, I thought. Defended yep. beautifully and set up so many rebounding plays. and It was great to watch. I really enjoyed his game. Yeah, ferocious mm. is the perfect word for it because he just didn't take a backward step. He just went full charge ahead and uh, used the ball well. Um, yeah, fantastic game. Mm. What did you think about uh, Tall Rangers? Yeah, Benny Harron was playing on, uh, on uh, Sam Siggins. And he really ran him around quite well. He kicked three goals, two off the ground. Um, yeah, striker. Yeah, Ben Striker Harren. That's it. He's he's having a great year, and as I've said before, he can play just about every single position on the ground. Um, and he's he's playing bloody well. Uh, Mitch Harvey, he he was another similar to Butch, who sort of fell out of the game in the middle two quarters. Um, but again, his sort of start to the uh, start to the start to the game and into the game was very very good. And he's just such a natural forward, as I've said before. He, he loves the big mark. He's just such a fantastic kick for goal. He kicked another three goals, one. He's had a brilliant start to his SANFL yeah. career. And he's not too bad in the ruck. You know, he's competitive yeah. at least. Yeah. And well, he's got uh, at the times, yeah, at times he's better than Renouf, I thought. That's for sure. Anyway. Yes. Yeah, that's true. The other one I want to talk about is Carl Amon. That was by far his best game. Um, at SANFL level today. He had 23 touches, 7 marks, uh, kicked a great goal as well. Um, very, very quick, very, very slippery. My only problem with his game at the moment is he reminds me a lot of Matthew Liptak in that he's very quick, got uh, good skills when he can get his hands on it, but his first touch of the ball is is often a fumble, and it often takes him you know, two or three grabs at the ball to pick it up off the ground. And I think uh, if he's going to get games at AFL level, he can't afford to do that. He's only a youngster, though, so I'll forgive him. Yep. Uh, also, I find that some of his uh, passes, you know, he delivers a few half volleys. I mean, he's only just off the mark. Yep. So I think, think it's just little things he needs to improve on. Mm. And uh, what was it the coaches said that that's what he needed to do in his game is, you know, 
be more involved and rack up more touches, and he's done it the last two weeks. So I've got a lot of hope for Carl. He can, yeah, absolutely. He's got some great skills. Definitely. Uh, the other one that's worth mentioning is uh, Big Gus Brueggemann, the countryman. Uh, he had definitely his best game of SNFL footy. Kicked two goals, took six, uh, six marks, including four massive contested marks mm-hmm. at both ends of the ground. He had a bloody great game. Really ran around Sean McKernan and gave him a bath, really. He's a better player than McKernan. Mm, definitely. Says a lot about Sean, I think. <laughs> yeah, it does. But the Bruggerman is a beauty. I think with another pre-season, he could you know, definitely be a SNFL state player. But if, you know, if he performs like he did, uh, yes, when was it, yesterday? Uh, yep, yep. Well, that extra fitness will give him that bit more mobility and agility as well. Yeah. He seems to read the play well and he gets to the drop of the ball and where he needs to be. It's just it's just a, a, few, a pure fitness thing, isn't it? If they can yeah. tidy that up, you're right. You could, he probably could get to um, state SANFL play. I don't, know, I don't know if he can maybe get to AFL, but no. you, know, you can only try as hard as you can and as far exactly you go right. as far as you go. Well, you never know. I mean, you look at guys like Shane Mumford who lost, you know, what did he lose, like 30 kilos or something? Uh, to make it at the AFL. There was uh, the guy from Norwood Boulderstone who's, who's done similar and, oh, yeah. and is a very, very good SNFL player. So, look, I think Bruggeman's only really maybe, you know, if he could lose another sort of five to six kilos and just sort of tone his body down a bit, um, you know, he could be anything. He's, he's, got, he's a natural footballer and, and that's what you like. Mm. Oh, yeah. He knows how to play. That's it. Now, the Irish lad, Daniel Flynn, how do we see his game? Yeah, he was good. I liked it. Yeah, he looked, he looked like he had a bit of a mandate to handball the more ball more than kick the ball, from what I saw. Um, you know, I thought there was a few opportunities he could have kicked it long, and instead he just tried to handball it off, and that's obviously maybe a confidence thing as well. But I love his speed, I love his aggression at the uh, at the contest, and and taking the game on. And uh, yeah, I, I just I just really rate the guy. I think he's a very exciting prospect, and he's a big unit too. He's got that Dangerfield-like uh, sort of power behind him, just pure core strength. Yeah, but didn't someone say he's got better skills or something, or were they talking about someone else? They did, they did. <laughs> <laughs> Very cheeky. Hey, I thought it was also not Port-related anymore, but I noticed a former Port player, uh, SANFL-level player now, Brad Symes, has retired. Uh, he has? Yeah, due oh, wow. to repeat con- concussions. Yep. And he's still a young guy. And, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a bit sad for him as a, as a player, I think, to uh, you know to be to succumb to that. But at least he's making the right decision of his health. Yeah, yeah, that's the right decision for sure. Yeah, it but, is. Yeah, sad to hear that because you know he was a, a bloody good SNFL player, played a lot of good AFL footy, both for Port and the Crows. Um, yeah, not good, not good. Yeah. Uh, we're going to mention Needy. I thought he's been pretty good the last couple of weeks as well. Needy was great. Yeah, he just needs to uh, give the instinctive uh, disposal, I think, a little bit more. Sometimes he, he tends to do a little bit too much, and I noticed that on the weekend. There's probably three or four times where he just he just tried to evade, you know, one or two guys too many uh-huh. and got himself into a little bit of trouble. But that was a that was a very good game, and he's starting to put some consistent performances together over the last two or three weeks, which is what he really needs to do. So that was good. The other guy, uh, Campbell Heath, uh, I think it was only his second game back from injury, and he took Lewis Johnson to the to the cleaners. He gave him an absolute bath. I like what you said about washing your mouth out. Any poster who <laughs> wants to recruit him. Mm. You know what? I'd rather play Paul Stewart permanently 
um, than play Lewis Johnson. I reckon Paul Stewart could do his role but add more to the team than what Lewis Johnson can do. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I if, mean, look, Schultz and Fess is a fan and he does raise a very good point in that there's a, a number of players that have taken, you know, two or three goes to really make, uh, to make you know, a big go at the AFL. You know, you look at Matty White, you look at uh, guys like um, Schultzy as well, Westhoff, it took him a long time to get uh, some consistency into his game. Uh, so you never know. Well, we've got the coaching staff that could possibly do it, but yep. they've, they've had their work cut out for them, I reckon. Uh, I, I just want to mention Beano because um, he's one of my favourites. He's not a star, but he just always gives 100%, a real typically tough Port Adelaide team player, and he's so professional and he's got a great defensive game. And I think he's done a great job playing for the Maggies. You know, I, I, I don't yeah, think yeah. he's an AFL player, but he's no. I really like him a lot and I appreciate what he's doing for our team. Reminds me a lot of uh, Kulikowski from uh, years uh-huh. ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you got to wonder if uh, Travis Boak has any more sisters and do they date <laughs> uh, any other footballers from country Victoria? Well, she's got one more. <laughs> He's got one more, hasn't he? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I reckon that's it for this evening. You beauty. Harold, thanks for coming on, mate. It's, yes. uh, it's been it's, great. Look, it's been my pleasure, and thank you so much, guys. And I just... Uh, Really want to thank New Vision for sponsoring the podcast. Oh, Harold, thank you. Oh. Yeah, you, you, just, you just want to get back on again, don't you? And, yeah, yeah, points yeah, there, mate. Your free, free, free tax returns in the post, and I'll even uh, throw in a, a new mortgage for you as well. How's that? Well, I was, thinking, I was hoping for the locker room tickets, actually, but <laughs> well, do you want to mention the, that? We will, yes. There is... Uh, well, you can take my uh, my free ticket because I'm working. Uh, uh, so you can have my ticket for the Frio game if you want to go. And um, but yes, don't forget, everybody, we've still got the uh, the locker room tickets up for grabs. Uh, everyone supported really well, and a lot of people have tagged friends and shared it. Uh, so there's still a couple more podcasts uh, before the Hawthorne game, which is going to be an exciting game. So when the podcast comes out, feel free share it comment on it, tag a friend, and just share the word and you'll go in the draw to, to win two tickets to Port v Hawthorne. Yes. Until next time, fellas. Go to Thank power. You. Come on, Maggies. And the power. Apples. Up go the umbrellas. Clifford's fifth kick. Oh, a towering torpedo, but that's a massive kick. 